0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is actress Robin Ross, who played Brooke on the Nickelodeon show 15. The show was Nick's response to Beverly Hills 90210, which was on Fox. Robin tells me how she got the part and just how bad Brooke really was. 15 was a show where Ryan Reynolds got his start in the business. She tells me the career path Ryan wanted to take it certainly wasn't to be Deadpool. I also talked to her about her starring role in the independent movie, Suck It Up Buttercup. It's a very powerful movie about prescription drug use. And Robin can currently be seen guest starring on CW's Riverdale. And a word of advice, don't play her in words with friends. She'll kick your butt. Here's my conversation with Robin. And helping me relive my youth today is Robin Ross. Robin, thank you so much for joining us.
1: It's absolutely my pleasure.
0: So before we go back (laughs) to...
1: I was going to say, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me to come on because I can't wait to talk about our youth.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're we're totally going to reminisce, you know, both of us. uh,
1: Love it. A couple of
0: 40-somethings, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, 20-somethings with like 20 years experience. How about that?
0: You know what? I I like that. You should definitely trademark that because I, I I really like that. <laughs> I
1: can't take credit. It's my friend. It's my friend. Right? You
0: know, Yeah. They always say like you know, 40's a new thirty. I I I like that motto better.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you know that experience is, makes you you know a, a more well-rounded, better person. So there you go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I act like am I act you know like, that, I'm, that I act like whole- I'm eighteen half the time anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine you know how they always say "If you only knew then what you know now so if you keep saying you're 20 with 20 something years experience you are like
0: you know then yeah you're, you're absolutely
1: yeah.
0: absolutely exactly yeah but before we talk about 15 actually um i recently saw one of your movies uh, suck it up buttercup and a really powerful movie about you know the effects of prescription drugs on not only the you know the taker, but also the family. Uh, How did you get involved in that film?
1: Well, this is a wonderful story, and it was a a project very close to my heart. Um, When I first moved to New York City in the 90s, um, after 15 was over, because the parent company of Nickelodeon at that time, and still is, I think, is Viacom, and they were, were located in New York City. So that being there, plus I had done a show in Vancouver, Canada, um, did a guest star on a show called The Black Stallion, and Mickey Rooney was on that show, and while I was kind of doing the show, him and I got to talking, and he invited me to come see his, uh, play The Will Rogers Follies in New York City, so I took him up on the offer, and I went, and, and I saw his show, because I hadn't been to New York since I was a kid, and while I was there, I met his agent, and, that is still my agent in New York City today. So it's like twenty something years later. I don't want to give away my age. Of course not. But, uh, <laughs> and I still have that same agent. And um, so Viacom. Oh my gosh. this is so my my forty year old brain <laughs> crapping out. On me. It's quite all right. So, oh my goodness. Um, been a long day. I apologize. So suck it up, better cup. So. So I get to New York City, and one of the first projects I auditioned for was a film that we did out in Texas, in Brenham, Texas, called Jack Light. And um, while we were there, it was a very small cast of five, and I think that's on one of the platforms um, that you can rent since very, very young us. And um, it was kind of like the big chill, they called it the big chill of the 90s. Hmm. and there was three guys and two girls and one of the girls on this show uh, her name was melindy fickle and uh she was an actress and we became very close friends we roomed together and she is my best friend still to this day actually and years later she got into some documentary making uh films and then after that this was her first big kind of foray into feature film indie filmmaking and uh Another one of our friends was slated to do it because she lived closer to Melindy, and I think she helped with the concept. But what ended up happening is she got pregnant with her first child and wasn't going to be able to do it. Even though my my character was pregnant in the film, they were scared that she might actually give birth during the film filming. So Melindy called me up, and she's like, hey, would you be into doing this? And I, I read the script, and it was so... The thing that resonated with me about the script was that there was no formula. There was no Hollywood formula. It was just a raw story about something so real. And it was like being a fly on the wall. And it was so un-Hollywood that I, was, I said absolutely. And I believe in everything that she does because I know that she gives her heart and her soul into everything that she does. So um, I did it. We filmed it in Indiana, her hometown. And she got a big cast of um, true Indiana, you know, teens and early 20-somethings that were very real and and knew this, knew this realistically. And they were amazing people. And my husband, I mean, the man who played my husband, Greg Cano, he lives in New York City. He's a theater actor there. She directed him in theater. So he came in the cast as well. And it was such an amazing experience for all of us. Yeah, and what so I, thank you for, for saying that because it is it's a really important
0: film to me oh absolutely and it's what like you mentioned how it's not really a Hollywood type. that's what I really enjoyed about it how the ending spoiler there's no really resolution and it's just they pick her up they go home and it's pretty much another day you, it's open it's pretty much open-ended which I really enjoy and it's not really like you know you tying a little bow on it
1: yeah no neat and happy ending it's not necessarily a sad ending but it's an ending for that day like you said um, I think it's done a little bit in a film noir style um, I know that's what she's going for where usually that is somewhat the ending or the opening kind of models the ending because if you remember the opening it it, it opens up with me driving in the car right and then it uh, spoiler alert ends <laughs> with us driving driving in the car so that's kind of that that kind of style
0: Right, and even, like, in the beginning, you really don't know where the characters are headed, especially yours. Because I, I really knew nothing about the movie, only that prescription drugs were involved. I thought maybe you would be one of the addicts as well. Because you, you were oh, passed out. With
1: the life I had in that film, I should be popping pills. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but... but yeah, and... Uh,
0: yeah, it was
1: just... I, I mean... It was, the thing about Melindy that I love about her as a director is so many directors get caught up in the technical and a, and a lot of the times when we're doing TV stuff, it always wraps up in a nice, nice little meatball, bow. So it's filmed a certain way, it has a certain look, and there, it, we film it so fast, there's very little time for the director to, even if they want to, get involved in kind of the, the process of the, the acting and the character development, whereas that's Melindy's main focus as a a director of theater mainly before she kind of got into film and having been an actress herself, character development is is the most important thing to her. So as an actor, it is such a a gift to be able to work with a director that can bring such performances out of everyone. Because like I said... It was a lot of people's first time go at, at a feature film or something like this. And I thought she just brought out brilliant performances from all the ones that played the kids. And they are great actors, but I mean, they'll all say that working with her as their first thing, it's great and it's, it's terrible. It's great because she made them feel like they could do it and, and brought out the best of their abilities, but it's terrible because the chances of working with a director like that often, is, is, it's not. They're not going to be able to that often. So, it kind of spoiled them.
0: Right. And she, she edited the movie, correct? Right?
1: She did. She was, I mean, when I talk low-budget, it was so low-budget that she pretty much had to wear all hats. I mean, she had some really good consultants in a lot of areas and, uh, you know, they kind of would do it. She would not be happy with it because she's a perfectionist. She'd strip it all apart and she'd start over. And uh, I think the process from when we finished filming to when it got to actually the film festivals was four or five years Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, it was a very powerful film, and I definitely recommend it to anyone who's listening. uh, Suck It Up, Buttercup. So And a really
1: good soundtrack by Hambone. I have to give props to them. They're like a bluegrass kind of... uh, band in from the midwest from indiana and i just i just i actually bought their soundtrack i loved their music
0: yeah it, yeah it, it was good it definitely fit the theme of the movie
1: i think so i think so.
0: yeah so, so thanks. oh of course what are you working on now
1: uh, most recently i just joined the cast of a netflix show it's actually a cw show too called riverdale and uh Unfortunately, we are sworn to secrecy. My episodes have not come out yet, so this is fresh. This is very fresh. Um, I've already filmed two episodes. I'm working on a third. And I, I'm not allowed to say much because it's coming to the end of season two. And so um, there's a lot. I mean, we're, this script, this next script that we're going to be working on is given to us on a need-to-know basis for our own scenes. But we aren't even told all the things that are going to be happening that's how secretive they are, so out yeah, to Riverdale, and if any of you guys are fans of the old Archie comics, then you know, then I think you'll really dig the show, and it's funny because the, the one thing I will say is, having come from my first show being, you know, a teen soap, me being the teen, it's so weird to think, I mean, I could have never seen myself all these years later now being the parent of the teens, so that's weird. Full yeah.
0: circle. Yeah, that's funny. Because, like, there was a show, it was on ABC Family, I forgot, the pregnant girl or something, With I forgot the name of it, but Molly Ringwald was the mother in that show. And it was kind of funny how, you know, she was, like, Miss Teen, you know, heartthrob of the 80s, and then now she became the mom in the, the yeah, 2000s. It's so, so
1: weird to see us all there. It's so crazy. Yeah,
0: definitely comes full yeah. circle. So then, okay, you mentioned 15. Um, of course... You played Brooke, and on the show, no one can mention that you were the biggest bitch on the show, <laughs> during during the show.
1: Oh, man, was I a bitch. But, I remember my fan mail. It was insane because there was no like YouTube or social media or anything. People actually wrote me letters to tell me how much of a bitch I was and that they hated me, and I couldn't let it just stay at that. I had to write them a letter back and send it and go, you know, I am just this- Woman, I guess, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But but it's, you know, it's funny about that show is like with the opening credits, they didn't they didn't say like starring Ryan Reynolds or you know Robin Ross. It gave the characters' name, so it kind of felt a little different that you were actually that was your name in real life. <laughs> you are playing oh, yourself.
1: That is funny. You know, it wasn't till years later when my daughter was, uh, I, I guess, a tween, and I pulled them all out because. I was nervous. I was nervous she would think that I was so mean and start not respecting me anymore, start hating me, thinking I was this horrible person. So I had to wait till she was old enough to see the show. And then and then that struck me as I, I never noticed that before. I thought, wow, that's kinda weird. Yeah. But you know what? Some of the characters' names were. I guess the writers hadn't come up with names or they did and they didn't like them as much as the person's real name, like Arsiman. So right. Yeah, so they actually used her name so it would have been weird as arsemon is arsemon
0: yeah true true so how yeah. was what was like the audition process like for that show
1: so here's the crazy thing they held uh, auditions in a few cities and I don't know how much of it might have been a publicity thing or how much of it was just they really just wanted to take unknowns but they had come to Vancouver that's my hometown Vancouver Canada and British Columbia where I grew up And um, I had an agent at the time, except for some reason, my agent, I don't think, believed in my ability, so wouldn't send me to this audition. So after they auditioned through the agencies, they held an open audition. 2,000 teens from all over the Lower Mainland here uh, all showed up to audition. Um, I went with my boyfriend at the time and did not tell my parents, because Mm -hmm. believe it or not, my parents were very unsupportive of this. Career
2: path.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So I kind of, it was, thank goodness, a Saturday, and I got my boyfriend to drive me to the audition, and I went in, and I was there for hours because they kept doing an elimination process, elimination process, elimination process. And believe it or not, throughout the whole audition process, they pegged me as the Ashley character, which mm. was the, goody, the good girl, the goody two shoes. And they wanted Laura Harris, who played Ashley, to be the Brooks character. So I Hmm. guess in their heads, that's how we looked. Right. But what happened was, Laura Harris, if you remember, had a very soft, sweet little voice. Yeah. And she just couldn't pull off the bitch. And I don't want to say it came naturally, but somehow, (laughs) I just seemed like I could no problem be that girl. And, you know... When I watch it years later, I look back and I want to tear my hair out because I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that was so overly dramatic in the acting." <gasps> yeah. But um, that's kind of what they wanted as the genre for that show. Because if you think of what is it they call the, the telenovelas or whatever the you know the Spanish soap opera? Oh yeah, telenovela. Really, yeah. And that's what they wanted to model for this scene. They they wanted because it was for tweens and teens. They really wanted you to love the characters you loved and hated the characters you hated. And so, a few seasons later, as my acting was improving, I actually was directed to go back to that big, long murk at the end, you know, or being overly dramatic because they were like, that's the genre. So, uh, that's what happened. And so, I think we went to a whole day of auditions then. Then they called us back for a whole other day. And then I was told I got it. And it was like out of 2,000 kids, you know, vying for, I think, you know, about eight roles. So it was pretty unbelievable. Needless to say, I dropped my agent once I booked that.
0: Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> she well,
1: wouldn't send me out, but wanted a cut. So. Of
0: course. Yeah, of course. What was your parents' reaction when they found that you got cast?
1: Oh, gosh. It was mixed. That's a good question. It was mixed. They were like wow, we're really proud of you for booking that when when the, the odds were so low. But just know, actors become drug addicts, or, you know, actors, you know, you could have this show and never get another show again in your life, or I hope you're going to university after this, and all these things. So, um, you know, it was mixed messages, but I think in a way they were excited. They just didn't want to show it.
0: Right. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, your character was, like, the most had the most depth i thought where i mean just being you know a bitch but it was just like you did nothing wrong you know if if it was like your friend kelly i believe right would you know do something you would just blame it on her or just her sister sister. Teresa. Uh, everything it it was it was fabulous you know poor courtney you just tore her down yeah Yeah, it, it was it was it was really funny or you just print your sweaters you're they were very loud you're you're Outfits were loud, going right. Hey, how do I look? How do I? It was. It was just. It was really funny.
1: Thank you, and you know, it's so crazy. I almost wish we could do a reunion so many years later, because boy, would I play those roles differently if I was the bitch. I would definitely want to show you the inner turmoil of why she was so mean. You know what was going on in her life to make her that mean, or you know what made her manipulate people, or there's obviously a huge sadness there and I don't feel like I i felt like it was a little one note <laughs> but I appreciate that that compliment this is just the artist in me looking back going oh gosh I could have done so much better
0: right and you know the yeah. show obviously known for Ryan Reynolds you know now Deadpool and you know so yeah. many other fabulous roles but there are like you mentioned Laura Harris who's gone on she's at the faculty and she was she was a bitch on Twenty Four during her season. I don't know if you saw her on Twenty Four. I
1: know she finally got to the bitch Ex- Yeah, she did it <laughs> she exactly. Grew.
0: So I mean, yeah. But, yeah, they're you know Todd Talbot has his own stuff. I mean, you know Chris Martin. Everyone oh boy
1: oh. does he ever? And you know who else is killing it is the girl who did play Kelly, oh, Yuka Okuma. Oh
0: yeah, she <laughs> she she's been on so much stuff as well. Yeah,
1: she was a lead on on Ricky Blue. It right. was like a cop show, and uh, she was on. Was it How to Get Away with Murder or um, or one of those shows, or Scandal, or, or one of those? I'm not yeah. sure which one. Yeah, I but think. But anyway, she she's done super well too. Yeah, I
0: think it was How to Get Get Away with Murder she was on.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and even Chris Martin did a he lot was, of yeah, a lot of Chris were, Martin
1: had his own TV show. up. I don't know if it played in the United States, but in Canada it was called Tom Stone, and he was Tom Stone. So yeah, I mean there have been some really successful careers. And the people I know that um, you don't see anymore kind of in this industry, it's because they wanted to leave. Like Ken Angel, who played Jake, and uh, the girl who played Courtney, Sarah Douglas. Right. You know, she's a a mom of an awesome kid, and she just kind of got out. And then and I've I've been in touch with her, and I stayed friends. She lived in New York City for a long time and opened up a vegetarian restaurant. Oh, wow. And now she's in Indonesia. Oh, So
0: yeah yeah yeah, so it's good and and the show it film and like its first started in Vancouver, correct, and then it went to Ottawa, and then finally Nickelodeon Studios, correct? I love how much
1: research you've done. I'm impressed, yes, exactly,
0: right, so oh uh, thanks, uh, I got a lot of free time on on the train going to work um uh,
1: yeah I bet with, yeah yeah, <laughs> you also have two kids, so I'm just like, I don't think there's that much free time,
0: yeah, exactly. So I'd imagine filming in Orlando is probably the most fun you had out of filming at all three locations.
1: Phenomenal time. I mean, here, I mean, okay, I guess we can say now, 20 years later. See, the whole premise of the show is at the time 90210 was out. Right. And there was all these teen shows where the teens were played by 20s and 30-year-olds. And John Binkley, who was the creator and director of... um, producer of of this show he said you know how cool would it be for teens to actually be represented by teens so his whole premise was to actually have the actually actual can I say actual anymore times aged aged teens playing these roles and I might have lied um, about my age (laughs) Uh. and so I was the oldest so when we actually went to camera uh, in the first season, I at this time was 18 and I lived on my own and everybody else actually was 15 or the younger siblings were 13. So by the time we got to Universal Studios in Florida, uh, I was, you know, in such an age gap difference where my life was kind of different than everybody else's life who was still in high school and still living at home. Right. Right. So I have to say that I had a phenomenal time being in Florida <laughs> <laughs> and walking around Universal Studios and doing my thing. But we did live in housing. We had like a house mom and all the girls lived in a house together and all the boys lived in a house together with chaperones.
0: How, how was that? <laughs>
1: That was a little bit tough for me since I already lived on my own, so right. kind of having to live by the rules of the 13 to 15-year-olds, the 16-year-olds at that time, it was a little bit difficult because I was so used to my freedom and independence, but at the same time, we were all so close. We really were. We were a cast that just loved hanging out with each other and adored each other, and I felt like an older sister to a lot of them and friends to the other ones that, you know, it it, it was times it
0: really was yeah so do you have like a favorite like storyline or favorite like episode or scene from the show
1: well I I can't say it's often that I get a pie shoved in my face (laughs) so when Roxanne who I'm I'm still on Facebook with her too um you know shoved that in my face that was fun I think the talent show was fun but it was hard as an actor and you know your ego involved I'm like but I can tap dance, and I'm making it look like I can It was so hard to have everybody think I couldn't actually tap dance. That was fun. That was fun. Um, I wish Brooke, like I said now, I wish Brooke had some range in where I could show her going through a more difficult time or an internal struggle, which caused her to be seen. But I didn't. You know, every day was a fun day. We'd film an episode a day. So it was fast-moving, but uh, it was like a three-camera setup, like how they do um, live studio audience tapings of right. sitcoms. So it was that. But, yeah, I think those ones stood out. You yeah. know, I'm going to have to re-watch it, because with my memory the way it is today, it would be like watching a whole new series.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't, is, I don't, is it on TV? I think the first season... Is on like iTunes, but I don't know about the rest of the show.
1: Yeah, we actually have a Fifteen the Series Facebook page, and that keeps everybody up to date because it was on Hulu for a while, and it was on iTunes for a while. So I haven't like really kept up. I was lucky, and John gave me a um, a whole CD, you know, collection of all the shows. So I have them, although they're going to be obsolete soon. I should pretty much maybe put them onto whatever video format. But um, I think they're, I think a lot of fans are actually asking for them because they're either watching them themselves, you know, later, and while they're older, maybe some of them are also, you know, smoking Some of them while they might be watching them. Right. But um, uh, also a lot of times they want their kids to watch them. You know, they they have the nostalgia, and they're like, oh, I think my kid would like this. Yeah, Although and, when my kid watched it, I have to say all she could comment on is how bad the styles were back then. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean, what, what about that show compared to, say, 90210 is like the more realistic storylines. And I think, you know, it would be good, for, beneficial for kids, say, you know, my son who's 13 or even kids who are 15, to, to watch it and kind of, you know, pick up on things. You know, it could also work like a PSA.
1: You know, so true. And I'm actually shocked now thinking back that they actually um, approached the whole al- alcoholism right. topic. Um, but I almost think like kids have it so much more difficult these days that maybe it wouldn't even translate because it would be like, you know, our, our, the drama back then was like this girl's being mean to that girl or this girl stole something from that girl. Whereas now, when they have to deal with bullying on such a deeper level, to the point that it drives kids to suicide, I mean, I think, you know, 13 Reasons Why, where these shows are pretty little, I mean, I didn't see Pretty Little Liars, but maybe like Gossip Girl. I think as the decades and eras go on, it becomes way more intense, as does being a teenager in this day and age.
0: Yeah, and and even like a show like uh, Degrassi, kind of like your show, kind of like, you know, evolved, has those storylines.
1: You know what? Yes, that's a perfect example. I think Degrassi has done a phenomenal job of being pertinent to now. Because, I mean, even approaching what it would be like for a a gay teen or a teen who, you know, isn't sure which gender they identify with, to be brought into storylines and be able to deal with that. I mean
0: they have grown with the time and the era. And I think Degrassi is a phenomenal show. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have a friend I work who, who's a comedian and his one person show, he did a whole thing on Degrassi. And within, I think two minutes he had about a stack of 90 index cards and each one had a, a theme or a plot line that they did. And it was, it was very funny and all the different plot lines you mentioned, you know, a gay teens or, you know, transgender not knowing your you know your gender and as well as cyberbullying suicide abortion everything it was really funny and how like powerful that show really is
1: oh and and really how it shaped people's lives and yeah i i think it it does show in the u.s doesn't
0: it uh yeah it does
1: okay
0: yeah I i think it's on uh abc family or i think it's called freeform now i think
1: Well, I'm just shocked a lot of those, you know, traditional networks would show, you know, the show considering some of the issues they touch upon, but, um, I'm so glad they do. And and that was another show that actually used teens as teens, which was, was wonderful.
0: Right. Exactly. Also, unlike 90210.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, even Riverdale, I mean, the kids that play the, the high school students are in their twenties and so, I mean, uh. Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars they're
0: all like way older than the actual team yeah so back to your yeah. show for a, for a sec uh, did you like seeing little Ryan Reynolds who played Billy on the show did you imagine he would become such a heartthrob and you know Deadpool and all the other characters he's performed
1: no <laughs> And you know what's so funny no not that he didn't have the ability but because he didn't want to right. Ryan came I'll tell you a funny story quickly about that uh, he came to the audition with his friends with no intention of auditioning. He wanted to be a football player, a football star. That was his goal in life. And uh, he was 13 at the time. He showed up with his friends that were auditioning for the show. And uh, John Binkley and, and then another producer saw him, and they, they were like, oh, well, how come you're not getting into line, or you need to stand in that line? He's like, oh, I'm not auditioning. And they said, no. And he's like, no, I'm just here with my friends and, like, moral support. And they said, I think you should audition. He's like, nah, I'm not an actor. And they kept egging him on, so finally he's like, okay, whatever. And you could imagine what his friends must have felt when he actually got the part. But even still, throughout the filming of it, he was still like, no, I'm going to be a football player. I'm going to be a football player. Well, you know, life has a whole, had a whole other plan for him. And I think uh, he might be okay with the fact that he didn't play football.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe he can, you know, be a football player in one of his movies, and live that dream.
1: There you go. Then he could. Yeah, exactly. And I have to say also that even I haven't seen Deadpool. It's hard for me. My my daughter likes a lot of his romantic comedies. Okay. It's hard for me to watch them because I will always see little thirteen year old Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like in my eyes, he's still that cute little guy we used to hang out with and skateboard with, and like you know, like a kid brother, and I will never not see him as that, so it's weird.
0: Right, exactly, rather than wearing a mask and shooting everybody and cursing left and right. Yeah,
1: I still got to see Deadpool, I'm sure, I mean, I heard it's amazing and funny.
0: Yeah, it's great, and the second one is coming out, I think, in May, so, you got two to watch.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, (laughs) it is.
0: Yeah, and you also, after 15, you moved to New York, right?
1: I did, I did, again, because Viacom was there, and and then Nikki was doing a show, and I just said, why not? And I went there, and I fell in love, and I lived there for many, many years, and uh, my daughter was born there. And guess what? So so after 9-11, we just thought it was a better idea to be back in Canada. Right. Had no intention of, of being here this many years, but as just, you know, life has its own plans, and I've been here 17 years now, and this year, because she's going off to college next year, so in 2018, I will be moving back to New York City.
0: Oh, that's great. Where is she going to
1: school? Uh, well, she's crossing her fingers. She hasn't got all of her acceptances yet, but she does not at all. Not in a million years, as she puts it, would ever want to be an actor. Okay. I have to say I'm not upset about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not following in the family business. Um, but she, or, or her mom's business, anyway. Uh, she wants to go to McGill. That's her, I think, number one. But, oh, that's you know, cool. one of those schools. And I think she wants to get into social sciences, maybe political science, something like that.
0: Okay, there's certainly that's a lot of stuff going on right now, so political science would be a good good subject. It kind
1: of seems the way to go, although she'd probably kill me for saying anything because she could very well change her mind. Of course, but yeah. As as of right the second right now, that's what she's thinking.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. but Best of luck for her. That's that's great. Oh, thank
1: you. Thank yeah.
0: you. Yeah. Thank you so much for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with Riverdale and everything else.
1: Thank you. It was really my pleasure. Thanks for checking in.
0: And a special thanks to Robin for joining us today. Go check her out on CW's Riverdale and iTunes is where I watch Suck It Up Buttercup, so I recommend everyone watch it there as well. Fifteen, if you haven't watched it in a while, or if you haven't watched it at all, the episodes are currently on YouTube, you can follow me on Twitter at the first zero 19 Be sure to like the page Reliving My Youth on Facebook. You can check out all the past episodes on iTunes, and while you're there, please rate and review the show. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Reliving My Youth real soon.